Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody, and today on the podcast we have uh, something a little bit different than usual. Our main host, Jacqueline, is headed back to school to finish her master's degree in urban education, meaning that our normal Monday Survivor South Africa content is on a brief one-week hold. That also goes for Survivor Liberty University, but we will still be covering Maine because we just can't miss our weekly Maine. Leaving me with a predicament of how to fill my Monday. You know, I got to put out that podcasting content. I'm addicted to it. So I thought, you know, Jackie's headed back to school. Maybe I should go back to school myself and take you, the listener, along with me. So today we've got a little solo bolo watch along commentary track to the hit 1986 movie, you know and love it, Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School, uh, as directed by Alan Metter, screenplay by Stephen Campman, Will Porter, Peter Torkave, and Harold Ramis. That's right. It did take five people, four people to, uh, to write this movie. Story by Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, you know, Jackie's headed back to school. We've got our Thursday college content on that feed. I've been talking for a while about going back to school with Mr. Mr. Dangerfield. Today it's finally happening. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in back to school, there is free, I'm assuming with ads, uh, the full movie on YouTube. Pull it up, watch along, me and you, solo bolo, hashtag comedy bang bang, hope you know the reference. Let's go back to school with Rodney. Um, let's see, just to give you some background on my history with this movie, um, I've seen it maybe once or twice. I'm aware of the, the triple Lindy that he does at the end. I know that generally it's about an old rich guy who goes back to college while his son is at college. And I know that a certain uh, famous writer does make an appearance. Looking forward to that. Uh, without too much more ado, you know, I'm a little bit tempted to dig into this Wikipedia page a little bit more. Let's see, budget $11 million, box office $91.3 million, came out June 13th, 1986. Let's just real quick see what the... Uh, Hi, best what won best picture in 1986 let's take a look at that real quick what else was going on in 1986 movie wise all right out of africa 
won Best Picture 1986. Is it really that much better than Back to School? I doubt it. Let's see what the highest grossing movie of 1986 was. Highest grossing movie 1986. Oh, not 1886. 1986. Top Gun. All right, we'll do the top five movies of 1986. You've got Top Gun, number one. Number two, Crocodile Dundee. Number three, Platoon. Number four, The Karate Kid Part Two. Number five, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Number six, Back to School. Fuck yes. Number six highest grossing movie of the year, beating out Aliens, amazingly. Back to School grossed more than the movie Aliens did. Also beating out number eight, The Golden Child. Number nine, Ruthless People. And number 10, a grossly overrated movie that for some reason has a much longer life than Back to School, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, I think, you know, I've never seen Top Gun or Platoon or The Karate Kid Part 2. I think, Croc I mean, not Crocodile, uh, <laughs> Back to School most definitely deserves to crack that top five, if not take the number one spot. So that is, uh, that is the year 1986 in movies. And number six, the number six movie of 1986, we're going to dig into in just a moment here. Now, this is a watch along, so you're going to want to get your YouTube back to school video up to zero minutes and zero seconds. I unfortunately cannot guarantee that if there are ads, that our ads will come at the same time or that they will be the same ads. So let's just bear with each other on this. And we will be doing... Um, Survivor Cast International classic commentary track rules where the countdown is going to be outwit, outlast, outplay. When I say play, you hit play, and we'll go back to school together. So I'm getting my headphones in here. I've got it full screened. All right, I'm going to give you the countdown. Outwit, outlast, outplay. And here we go. We've got the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer-Lion on screen growling at us. Classic. I love it. Love that lion. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, immediately my, my video starts to buffer. All right, so we're 11 seconds in. And it looks like we're having some buffer issues here. So, okay. Let's see here. I had to pull up my Google video report. Why am I lagging? All right, well, it's just my local internet. But anyways, we are 21 seconds in exactly. We've got the Orion Pictures on the screen. Another great title screen as far as movies go. We got a little a Victrophone going on, an old-timey record player setting the stage here. All right, I'm surprised that this is how the movie is beginning with black and white and opera music over an old-timey sewing machine. Curious to see where it's going here. Could this be Rodney Dangerfield himself sewing? New York City, 1940. Alright. I, I really would never have guessed. I'm a little worried I pulled up the wrong movie. I know this kid, this child actor. 
This kid's definitely playing young Rodney Dangerfield. Good casting, I would say. He's got the, like, the Rodney Dangerfield nose and face. And I don't respect him. So, you know, right off the bat, we're in the pocket. Alright, this is, like, his dad's shop, I'm guessing. Uh-oh. He's getting bad grades. This guy playing his dad looks a bit familiar. Hmm. Setting the stage. Young Rodney doesn't want to go to college. Hey, I mean, maybe his dad's trying to send him to Liberty University, am I right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to go. Myself. Ooh. You gotta... <laughs> doing the doing the the classic Rodney collar pull, setting up his dad as a uh, loves his son, wants him to get an education. Rodney's just too stupid. I really have to wonder if that opening scene was at all necessary to establish the fact that he is dumb, I guess, or that he didn't do well in school in the past. Really could have been done away with, like, a line of dialogue, I feel like. We're in the credits now. I've got some, some music to, like, old school New York. Some ruffians, it looks like. Some real 80s back-to-school font. This movie sets a bizarre tone off the bat, I have to say. It's really focused on, like, old-timey New York. <laughs> and for some reason, photoshopping Rodney Dangerfield's face onto people. Interesting that Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie. Yeah, just what a bizarre... I guess just tracking his father's store over time and him running it in old town, old-timey New York. Making the weird choice to, like, take old photos and superimpose Rodney Dangerfield's old man face on them. These look like they could possibly be actual photos of... Yeah, so it's just... Okay, Thornton Mellon's thrift store existing through time. Rodney Dangerfield has a family. His store persists. I'm assuming his store is going to go out of business and he's going to have to go back to school. But strangely, I thought that he was very wealthy. Okay, I guess now it's showing that his business has expanded. He's doing better for himself. He's got a house. He teaches swimming. You know, I resisted it, but I'm into this intro now. Although, why does that hot dog look so fake? Alright, Melon Enterprises. Melon Enterprises, great name. Quick shot of him playing golf. Feels like a Caddyshack throwback a little. I am a large person. <laughs> Pleasantly pump. I have to say, this should have been the beginning of the movie. Rodney just bringing the heat, getting some great comedy in as a commercial for his, uh, you know, plus-size men clothing store. Really thought that fat dude was a mannequin at first. Ooh, love it. Got the, uh, the butler dude, Mickey. Polly. Polly from uh, Rocky in the movie. Rodney does, he does great eye work. When he said miles and miles of fabric, that little eye roll he did, loved it. 
truly hard to tell if this is at all listenable uh, as a commentary track alone. I mean, I don't even have a, a, a co-host to bounce off of. Hopefully, I just sound like a crazy person, probably. The Melon Building. Is he a Trump-esque character? I feel like Dangerfield's too benevolent to ever fully occupy that role. Although the like uh, his name on the building, his empire, there's obvious some kind of Trump parallel and the New York connection, of course. I love that his boardroom is just all fat white people. I mean, which makes sense, I, I suppose. Damn, I just wish I worked at Mellon Enterprises now. Alright, what else is going on here? Toy Division. It's strange that is <laughs> he's expanded into selling toys as well with his plus size clothing. Interesting. Melon Patch Kids. Abandoned instead of orphaned. Clear ripoff from Cabbage Patch Kids. Polly looking a little spelt. Maybe just in comparison to all these hefty other people in the room. Lots of cake on the table here. Son's on the phone. Mr. Mellon loves his son. Alright. We got Jason. Mellon Jr. He's a diver. Starting to some some expert level level foreshadowing going on. Rodney Dangerfield is a diver. Triple Lindy coming up later. Trying to get his son to come home to celebrate their fifth anniversary. Clearly, stepmom situation. Also establishing that his son does not want his father to hang out with him at college. Look who it is. It's our co-host, Jacqueline, coming in. <laughs> what are you doing? Taking a break from her studies. We're what? We're recording our back-to-school commentary track. And I gotta tell you. You started this fucking movie without me? 15 minutes in, your presence is sorely missed. It's really hard <laughs> to do a commentary track without you to bounce off of. Well, maybe you should come to a good pausing point so that when I'm done teaching and working today, I can hop into this movie with you. Well, I just thought, you know, you're going back to school to finish your thesis. I thought I would take the listener back to school with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so I have no idea what's happening and feel like I can't be of any use. So we're at the we're eight minutes into the movie. Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> is a rich guy. He looks sickly in this movie, doesn't he? <coughs> His hair looks so thin in front. Alright, we're, we're gonna take a pause at the nine minute mark, listener. Are you? So I can consult with my co-host. That's a fancy bedroom. He's rich. He's owned a clothing store for like the last forty she years looks in New so York. So fucking irritated. Is she mad at him? Probably. She has nothing to wear. It's like his third wife or something. <laughs> their fifth anniversary is coming up. Does he have something nice for her for their fifth anniversary? All right, we're going to take a quick pause at the nine minute mark in five, four, four three, three, two, two one, pause. pause.
All right, we are back. And I'm going to give you a quick count in. Out wit, out last, out play, right at the nine minute mark. Okay. We've got Rodney talking to his wife, who is not the mother of his son, right before their big anniversary party. Seems like she's a bit of a trophy wife, doesn't actually love Rodney all that much. A bit of a bummer situation, it seems. <laughs> He's getting off to the side, joking around with the help, it would seem. No beer. No cerveza at the Dangerfield house to keep Rodney out of trouble. He hates his life. If you hear any talking in the background, that would be Jacqueline teaching the youth of America while I record a podcast on a movie that's nearly 40 years old. Both of us doing God's work. All right, we're at our first ad here. Uh, my first ad came, yeah, just around 10 minutes into the movie. I do, I'm allowed to skip it. So just a quick 20 second break. We're right back to the movie here, right at the 10 minute mark. Exactly. Some buffering issues as we get into Rodney walking in on a man making out with one of the help. She's laying on the counter. Looks like a waiter type dude. He's got some type of weird leather pants on. Oh no, it's possibly his wife? That is his wife, not the help. Oh man, poor Rodney. He really gets no respect. <laughs> your wife was just showing us her klimt. You too, hush. Klimt. It's a fun, dirty joke, I suppose. He's making himself a big sandwich and have the hors d'oeuvre plate. So we're really just in the point of the movie of we're just showcasing Rodney being a fun, normal guy. So he's hollowing out bread. He's poured meatballs into it. Deviled eggs. And see, meatballs maybe I'm into, but all the other stuff, dude. You know, that guy hold it. Unclear what exactly he learned in Europe. How to cut a sandwich or just how to make a, a food boat out of bread. <laughs> He's eating meatballs, deviled eggs, and some other third unknown substance. In sandwich form. The dude's into it. His wife is not. He found a beer. Miller Lite, it looks like. The wife going hard on trying to, to maintain the party atmosphere despite being walked in on. Thornton, classic. He's real fed up with his wife. <laughs> Watch my sandwich, will you? This movie definitely thrives only on the back of Rodney Dangerfield. Insert anyone else into it and it's probably unwatchable. 
Oh, he's got the divorce papers in his pocket. Uh-oh. Interested what exactly is going to be the reason why he goes back to school? Is it just to be with his son, maybe? Just to get close to him? That must be it. <laughs> he has photos of his wife being infidelitous, so he doesn't have to worry about alimony, apparently. There, he's doing some swimming. We get a ridiculous shot of a stunt double doing like three flips into the pool. But, you know, that, that great foreshadowing. Look up for that triple Lindy coming up. Hmm. Okay, here's the thing. He's let his wife come between him and his son, so now he is going to going back to school. All right. And then with the closed captioning on, the theme song, Back to School, playing. The titular moment has arrived. He's headed back to school. All right, driving through the countryside. Yeah. Gotta try not to be so low energy without Jackie on the podcast. There might be some special guests coming by at some point, but most likely not. Do, 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 do. Great 80s theme going on here. Rodney Dangerfield is back to school. <clears throat> hey, look. Hold on, baby. I'm taking you back to school. When logic fails, don't lose your head. You just turn to me instead. Hold on, baby. Now here we go back to school. Great lyrics to the back to school song. Here we go. Truly, we are back at school. Alright. Just these two chubby, older men. Polly from Rocky and Rodney Dangerfield interacting with each other. Might have a guest coming on here. To excuse the dead air. Alright, apologize for the dead air. He's looking for his son. He's peeking on underage women in the shower. Not underage, but college-age women. Women much younger than himself. Uh, got caught by the cop, but he's paying him off. So this movie's going to be rich man Rodney Dangerfield running amok on a college campus and then paying off the authorities. Which, I mean, hilarious, right? Look at this kid. Rodney Dangerfield. No, here we are. Here's Robert Downey Jr., He's got crazy pastel hair and a weird kind of like a pirate thing going on here. We've got a guest coming on here. We've got our Southern correspondent, Nick Eustace, coming on to the pod here. We'll have to find a good pausing point. We'll pause at the 17-minute mark exactly. And we're not going to shut down fully. We're just going to pause the movie to allow our guest to sink in with us. 
So we're at 1645 now, and in 15 seconds, we're going to pause the movie. Pause on Jason the Sun talking with Robert Downey Jr. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Pause directly at 17 minutes exactly. All right, so let's let's just talk about what's going on so far while we wait for our guests to possibly see if they're ready to come on. We've got, you know, the movie starts. We've established that Rodney is classic old school New York man. He's got his 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 old school men, uh, big and tall, uh, fashion business. It's persisted throughout the years, and he has a son. He's been married multiple times. He's become very affluent. He, at his fifth anniversary to his most recent wife, not the mother of his child, sees her cheating on him, divorces her, decides he's got to go back to school, baby, to reconnect with his son. Interesting to think about what Robert Downey Jr. is, uh, what he's doing at this point in his career. He, it's pre-Chaplin, so he hasn't, starred in or acted as Charlie Chaplin yet in the movie Chaplin. See if we can maybe pull up his IMDb here. Let's see what Robert Downey Jr. See Robert Downey Jr. Let's find him on IMDb quick. Let's see where he's at in his career in 1986 with back to school if our southern correspondent my brother nicholas eustace coming on the show whom you know i've probably watched the movie back to school with him at some point as a boy would be my guess let's see here i'm gonna go way down old robert downey's filmography here Let's see. So in 1985, he played Bruno Mussolini in Mussolini, the Untold Story miniseries. He was also in the movie Weird Science in 1985, playing Ian. Let's see. And then he was in the short Deadweight. He was on Saturday Night Live. And then he plays Derek Lutz in Back to School. The following year, he'll be in the movie America, followed by The Pickup Artist in Less Than Zero. So it really looks like he, he's not going to make his big break until Chaplin. That's definitely his big his big breakthrough. So, you know, he's still he's slumming it here. Now, you know, Southern correspondent Nick Eustis, you know, classically unreliable. So we did a brief stop down. Um, let's see where we're at here. We might just, let's continue the movie. And outwit, outlast, outplay. Starting from 17 minutes. We don't want to wait too long in case we get flaked out on here. All right, so we got Rodney. He's hanging out in his son's dorm with Polly. Pretender's poster in the background. Son is, you know, happy to see him, but a little bit bummed out that he didn't get the warning 
do we think that this kid really looks like Rodney Dangerfield's son? I mean, he doesn't... I guess I need to know what the wife looked like. Jason, you don't lie to me, you lie to girls. Derek Lutz. What a weird... Why is his name Derek Lutz? What a bizarre... <laughs> Robert. Derek, he's real. He's real bristly towards old man Mellon. Tour of the campus. I don't know if I've heard if they've mentioned what college this is supposed to be. A little, yeah, a little confusing. He's... <laughs> He grew up going to college when he would fall asleep in high school. Hilarious. Jason's not on the swimming team. Uh-oh. Here's the thing. Okay. The movie's taking shape. Rodney's wife divorces him. He goes to visit his son in college. His son is dropping out of college because he's got no friends. Girls don't like him. He's going to get his son's groove back and nothing would do that better than you know your father being at college with you of course I like this guy's mustache in the background that sweet sweater pearl wife he's got there don't care how rich or successful a man is jason you just gotta stay in school it's the only way to get respect jason no one tells a joke like Rodney Dangerfield. You're a melon, Jason. His crazy, bug-eyed, wild energy is really what, what brings the movie home. His dad now saying, I'm gonna... Okay. Every time he mentions going back to college, I'm going to take a shot of whiskey. So that that's happening right now. His son is surprisingly very, very happy and on board with his father deciding on a whim to go back to college. Great scene here. You've got the uh, the fussy administrator, bemused and shot the dean, Dean Martin. Let me get this straight, Mr. Mellon. You intend to go back to school? All right, so... Mr. Mellon is just going to buy his... Oh, and here we are at our second ad. Our ad came slightly after the 20-minute mark. It's a belly fat ad. Skipping the ad now. So we're back at exactly 20 minutes. Seems like every 10 minutes we're going to get an ad. So just be prepared for that. Video's buffering. I apologize, listeners. You're going to have to just bear with me. We won't be synced up perfectly, but it's really just about the communal experience of enjoying back-to-school in general together. Let's take a look here quick. This video has 13,000 likes. Do we have, and uh, looking for those views on here. I wanna see a significant number of views bump up on this video after I drop this podcast. We're, uh, it's being reviewed here, revealed here that Mr. Mellon um, doesn't even have a high school diploma. This guy kind of looks like uh, Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Dean Martin. <laughs> How does he get in? Well, he uh, he donates an entire school or administration wing. Who's this stuffy guy? Is this going to be like the vice dean who tries to foil Mr. Mellon despite having the dean in his pocket? 
Rodney Dangerfield plays a like a goofy, uncaring, rich guy pretty well, I have to say. Surprisingly well. You would think that he would, I guess, and that's kind of his thing in Caddyshack, too. He's just like the super aloof rich guy. It's nothing like good, clean business and a little monkey business. Dr. Philip Barbet, I get the feeling he's going to be the main villain of the movie. He's the head of the business school. You got Polly smoking a big old cigar, classic Polly style. Hey, hey, what's this guy's deal? By the end of this movie, my Rodney Dangerfield impression will be on point. Which, I mean, I don't have Rodney down, but I feel like I've got a pretty solid old man Bruce Springsteen, which I'm going to, of course, bust out for you now. Me and Barack, we got a podcast. Well, the thing about... It's not great now, but, you know, just general, old, scruffy-sounding white guy. You've got Springsteen. So, I like that the, uh, you know, kind of subverting the classic college movie expectation off the bat here... We've got the Dean on board and this other guy who's going to be the obstacle. Not a golden shovel, but a silver shovel. What's up with Dr. Bradley's insane car that he's driving? We're not going to mention that whatsoever. Just this crazy old time locomotive. Of course, Thornton. Crazy old Thornton. Just throwing dirt any which way. <laughs> Good facial work on the Dean's part. Robert Downey just really playing like a The Cure 80s pop rock type kid in this movie. Very interesting. Probably setting him up well for his role in Less Than Zero. Let's see. Thornton's up to something. Making making fun of nerdy kids who go for silly language courses while Jason has spied his love interest of the movie. I suppose his daddy's going to help him land her. Oh, they're the Hooters. They're, they're college mascot. They're the Hooters. I'm sure that'll lend itself to some hilarious 80s jokes coming up. Okay, they close Botany. Jason's going to pull some strings to get Botany back, I'm sure. Jason, yeah, that's the only, like, like his father, the only move he knows to impress people or women or make his way in the world is just to, like, you know, curry favors and pay them off, essentially. It's, it's real good rich guy character building. I appreciate it. Hopefully Jason learns to navigate the world on his own without his father or his father's money, but, you know, knowing rich people, that'll never happen. I'm guessing this blonde, feather-haired fellow, he's gonna be the villain of the movie, but maybe just actually, in classic this type of movie form, there'll be nothing wrong with him aside from not being Jason. He's not Jason Thornton, so of course he's the villain of the movie, but if you really, you know, view his character, I bet he's going to be just fine. I mean, he's done nothing so far. 
he doesn't even seem to be like a an asshole because really Robert Downey Jr. is being real aggressive. See, RDJ just going real hard on this guy off the bat. He hardly knows him. I'm not going to forget this melon. I'll see you at the pool. Melon's like a little, he's a little shorty compared to Mr. Blonde and Feathered. And this old blonde guy with the mustache, like he, uh, he looks real old. Doesn't look like he should be at school. How did he get back to school? Speaking of back to school. All right, everyone's, uh, everyone's freaking out. Speaking of Bruce Springsteen, I just did my Bruce Springsteen fucking impersonation, and now there, there's a Bruce Springsteen reference in the movie. They have an empty limousine. Polly's holding up a Bruce Springsteen sign. Hilarious. Well, and back to school. Before my podcast with Barack, I would hang out with Rodney every day. I would have known that my 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 Springsteen impersonation would be so apropos. <laughs> All right, so Dangerfield just going against the very concept of anyone, particularly his son, buying used books. This movie is just going to be wall to wall nepotism and privilege, no doubt. Hey, folks, it's on me, Shakespeare for everyone. Hey, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Okay, he's doing his whole thing. He's yucking it up. He's buying the books for the students. He's being Mr. Philanthropic. We do still have a guest coming on. Our southern correspondent, Wolfman Jack himself, Mr. Nicholas Eustace. He's eating a slice, he's catching up to the movie, and then he's going to jump in at some point. We're now being introduced to Thornton's love interest, who is going to be stuck up Mr. Phillips' uh, current bow, but he's going to snake her away. See, and then we establish, you know, we establish Thornton as a man of the people... He's, you know, he's giving extra money and throwing parties for the painters. Oh, damn. He's hardcore renovated their dorm room to now it being the size of, like, the nicest apartment you've ever seen. RDJ, his mind is blown. He's got some real some real baby fat on his face still. And his, his face acting is not at the level of uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s by a long shot. Tell them to reschedule my class. I've got a three-hour massage. <laughs> All right, now he's going to stuck up Mr. Professor's class. The professor has spied Thornton in the crowd. He's going to go for him for sure. He's going to try and bring him down a peg. Will Thornton be able to get his goat and ultimately prove his mettle? Or will the professor get the best of him? It's only We can only wait and see here. All right. Well, um, 
All right. So the professor is giving some type of hypothetical business situation. They're making widgets. Thornton balked at tape recorders initially. <laughs> Thornton getting real hung up on like, uh, you know, not understanding hypothetical school type of stuff. Hmm. It's weird that he has such a like a vague business product and then such a specific like layout for their facility. Oh, and here we are. We've got a Verizon ad here. Looks like he's going to make us play the whole thing. 5G, does it cause COVID? Hmm. Hopefully they get into this in the, that in this movie at some point. 5G definitely doesn't cause COVID. That's a joke. And then we got the buffering to get us back into the movie. Buffer, buffer. And we're back. Loving Dangerfield's, like, green sweater right here. Real collegiate. <laughs> Gotta grease the local politicians. Thornton just like pretty much revealing that he's got a ton of shady business practices. <laughs> much to the to the professor's uh, chagrin. Hmm. Thornton bringing the real world school in. I'm just trying to help. Love that his name is Mr. Mellon. <laughs> How about Fantasyland? Ho, 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 ho. Flunk me, flunk him. All right, now he's head off to contemporary American history with Turgeson. This is definitely going to be the lady, right? Hmm. Okay, never mind. This isn't going to be the lady, Professor. Unless his son is... Interesting. For a second, I thought this might be uh, Bob Kate Goldwaith, but it's definitely not. I'm not sure who this actor is. Got going hard on how much he loves history. I like that it's a weird out of nowhere character for this movie. Contemporary American history. Hey, why did they pull now? This is interesting. This is only 11 years after Vietnam. Ooh. Interesting. Blaming the Vietnamese. 
Vietnamese. Vietnamese. <laughs> I like this professor's like chaotic energy right now. Oh man. <laughs> I like that this guy is like a traumatic war vet. Hello? Hello? Hey, we've got uh, we've got Nick, our Southern correspondent, coming on the uh, the podcast to talk back to school with us. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you feel about this crazy professor, this crazy Vietnam War professor? I was trying to remember the name of this uh, this comedian here. And for a second, I thought it was Bobcat Goldwave. No, he's a very he's a, he's famous for his this guy's famous for yelling. He wears the same kinson. We okay. got Donna with the backup. I like, I was thinking that his hair looks a little bit like my hair when I try to grow it out. He's got like, it's too oh, curly oh, to really let it get so long. That's rough. My hair, I, I'm, like, I'm uh, clean shaven right now. Ooh. And, uh, dude, my hair's thinning out up top. It's going to happen to the best of us, dude. We got the famous Kinnison uh, yelling going on here. Oh yeah, dude. I like. I, I wasn't quite sure what the take on this professor was going to be until he started freaking out about Vietnam. I dig it though. Right. I don't remember if he like. I've heard about this. I, I think he might have. He does some ad living here, but I think he's pretty much typecast as being that. It's like his bit. Right. He's the guy who's going to like fly off the handle. Yeah. Exactly. Now, are you caught up on the movie? Do you know what's going on? You know, I remember, I've seen this movie before, a few times. Rodney so Dangerfield I, has gone back to school. Yes, yes, yes. It's the classic, it's the movie that those those other movies, uh, <laughs> the shows and things reference, basically. His, his uh, he has a <laughs> wife who um isn't his kid's mom, who he walks in on cheating on him at their anniversary party, and then yes. he goes to visit his son at college. His son <laughs> is a loser with no friends. And then, much to his son's excitement, his son's on board with it, he decides to go back to school to make his son not a loser. Very good. Yeah, see, I got, I caught that part, but not the, so the background with the kid. I didn't get the loser kid part, but that makes sense. You don't really need anything until Dangerfield is like, you know, until this point in the movie, right? You don't need all that back. You know what's going on. Right. Now we got the sexy uh, professor here. Oh, yeah. Did you see, we were recently introduced uh, to the son love interest, and now this is Rodney's love interest, clearly. Right. She's, she's reading to him. He's fantasizing. Yeah, here we go. Here's the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the agrarian scene here. Oh, yeah, with the sheep? With the sheep and everything? <laughs> but that's just a nod to his, uh, you know, probably his... Uh, his heritage there. <laughs> True. I'm not. I'm not sure what uh, Dangerfield's background is exactly. I'm not sure either. This is classic Dangerfield, though. This is like probably one of the the main. You know. Yeah, like one, one like, of his. Obviously. One of his major. One of his his classic movies. Right. Yeah, I was kind of tickled when I found that when he told me this is a. You're, you're casting about this here. <laughs> well, because we uh we do a little bit of we we cover like fan made survivor podcasts, and there's one that takes place at a college. Oh, 
So just as like a fun bonus episode, you know. Okay. Gotta go so back to school. I, did, I was wondering if this was a side project or what was going on here. This is an independent venture. What a yeah! I'm at my my video buffered. I'm at thirty six thirty six right now. Oh, I'm at thirty six forty seven. So okay, we're we're close. We're at about the same point. And I'm going again. So now I'm at thirty six fifty. Okay, I'm at I'm at thirty six fifty right now too. Perfect. Yeah, I dig I dig the uh, the like the green sweater that Dangerfield is sporting throughout the movie. classic it is classic he's looking good that's what that indian fellow that rented us our trailer he wore one of those that's why we called him kermit <laughs> call back call classic back, call back. <laughs> yeah i like the uh so i don't know if you missed it but he um he uh he, he interacted with the dean initially so like he paid the dean off the dean is on his side and it's just like this isn't the dean this is the professor of business so the dean is in his pocket it's this guy this guy's his foil okay what's your name dana something she looks like a dana she does kind of have dana vibes i'm sure they dropped her name at some point They, they have not explained this dude's insane car that he has, though. It's quite awesome. He's over there. Some type of weird old school locomotive. Yes. Chitty chitty bang bang. Mm. Chitty chitty bang bang indeed. Indeed. He's walking. He's in. He's walking around campus in his robe. Uh, I know. Right? You know. I wasn't really sure what quite the uh, the tone here. Is this is it meant to be uh, sort of a watch along? <laughs> oh yeah, you know it's. Uh, I think you know the, pretty loose uh, comment on the movie when we can, but you know we can we can diverge as well. Yeah, seeing uh, the young um, Robert Downey Jr. is terrific. He looks so funny in this movie, dude. He really does. Now, do you remember which uh, American author makes a cameo in this movie? American author, you say? Well, it can't be Mark Twain. It's not Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> a decent guess. There's a hilarious author com- cameo We're coming up. Him out right away. <laughs> uh, You'll be tickled by it. Let's see here. American author, famous, huh? And do you know the name of you Dangerfield's not- trademark dive he's going to do? It's twisted, but I'm saying, is Stephen King in this? No, dude, Stephen King's a good guest, but you're not on the mark. We're talking about someone with a lot more artistic merit. Okay, talking about a real deal. This is quite the fucking... Oh, yeah, dude. (laughs) You see that? What a beautiful dive. Yeah, it really was. I would love to think that Dangerfield did that dive himself. Yeah, no stunt double. You know, he's been very gifted in the water. This coach. <laughs> it's like the most beautiful thing this coach has ever seen. He's a sleeper. He's a sleeper swimmer. Yeah. They've done a little bit of foreshadowing. There's been some some other, like, at the beginning, he's a, I'm at an ad, too. He, uh, he does a crazy backflip into his home pool earlier in the movie. Oh, 
Right, so he is. So he's sort of like the, um, almost like that uh, Warner Brothers frog. Oh, yeah, dude. You know, sort of a boisterous uh, aquatic type. They've both got kind of the bulging <laughs> eyes, most definitely. <laughs> yes, the bulging eyes. <laughs> that really dials it in. Thornton, yeah, his name is Thornton Mellon in this movie. I feel like Mellon Jr. just can't live up to his dad's diving. No, he probably, you know, has quite the shadow to live in. This coach guy, this guy always plays, like, no, this type of character, right? He seems like it. That seems just like a, you know, obviously a good-hearted plan, but you want your kid to be cooler. <laughs> it's not really the best... <laughs> you know, um, a way to go about by simply by being his dad. You know, so even if his dad becomes a super cool guy on campus, you being his kid, it doesn't really. If anything, you're going to overshadow him, right? It's Doing not the these best segue, right? It just almost makes him. It is him. truly yeah. a strange plan. Yes, not, <laughs> not the most best executed plan we'll see how it goes you know it probably will work out (laughs) (laughs) i was looking into this movie it's written by harold ramus who plays egon the ghostbuster but Uh, story by rodney dangerfield and i really wonder how much like he's like oh i should just go back to school in a movie you know that really is the fascinating thing behind some of this stuff uh as i've gotten older it's like how it's like how does this happen like what is you know, because the story behind the scenes for a lot of movies can be so different. Absolutely. You know, sometimes they're just like the people just trying to make money, or there's like some people care about things, and other people are just doing their own thing. And, right. You know, who's actually participating in the decision making and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we, I don't know. We get RDJ looking pretty pretty weird in the scene. Really, Danfield's just a weird guy. He is I a weird guy. I was listening to some people giving him criticism about his, like, uh, how he's got, he's this character, right, with the suit and blah, blah, and not getting any respect, and, like, the, the downtrodden husband, you know, everyman worker guy. Yeah. Just, just trying to have a good time, whatever, but he's getting fucked by everybody. And then later, what he does, the thing with the, uh, <clears throat> it's like, then he just gets a tan and puts on a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> they're, making fun, they're making fun of him. But I was saying, it's just like, I don't know, it's like, because he kind of always is. A character. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even go into the show this until he's like old. No, true. I was saying, I was thinking at the beginning of this movie that it's weird. It's it's interesting to see him playing. He is very much like the everyman character, but he's also super rich. But I guess that's kind of his Caddyshack character as well. Trumpian. That's the Trump dog. No, definitely a little Trump vibes. Little, little Trumpian. Little Trump esque. He's even like specifically a New York businessman in this movie. Did you just see fucking squirrely ass uh, Rocky's stepbrother here or brother-in-law? His brother-in-law. That fucking actor that plays. Oh, Polly, dude, from yeah, from Pauly. Rocky. <laughs> I forget his name, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. Polly here. <laughs> Anytime I can't think of that guy's name in the Rocky movies, I just yeah, what does that robot know. say when it dan- dances into the? Room? What did the robot say? It's a I mean, they're, they're at a bar. He's helping his son pick up women. No, he's with Polly. We got a nice, uh, right, for me, it just segued into a musical scene. We got, we're going to be some sort of famous guest. Musicians. Okay. Yeah, I'm just seconds behind you. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what this band is exactly. Classic uh, <laughs> performers with Twisted Shout here. Wow. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? This is uh, this is very weird for this to be occurring in the middle of this movie. <laughs> Polly is looking stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who this lead singer. I don't know if this is a. He kind of looks like Sting of the Police, but I don't think it's him. Right. Yeah, I don't think so. And then one every ten minutes. All right. There you go. We got Jason bringing his date to the planetarium. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. The rods. Yeah, this is, uh, I guess this, of course I don't remember large sections of this movie. I'm sure I saw it, like, on TBS as a kid. Not really sure what my first exposure to it was. You know, it's really funny when I'm trying to decide, right, what to let the kid watch, you know, especially now that he's 12, and he's, you know, it's like, I'm like, oh, this is fine, this is just some dumb movie I watched when I was a kid, and then watching, like, like, this movie's kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's like some weird stuff in this movie, definitely. It's like, right, it's just like, this is weird. I don't know, like, I don't know how I feel about this. Oh, dude, just like I watched uh, Coming to America with Haley recently. And I'm like, this movie oh. has a lot of weird stuff in it. Yeah, we didn't almost watch that, but then, I did, then we did that. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it, like, it, it like holds up like 80%. Yeah, I mean, I think, then I just think it's like, well, I think I'm mostly, you know, I don't, I don't feel like it, I don't feel like it adversely affected me, and I didn't even remember it was in there. Right, yeah, most of it just goes over your head. Oh, yeah. shit, slipping out, on studying. <laughs> yeah, no good. <laughs> Jason, what are you doing here? How's the son gonna get there? Well, more so, right, because doesn't he have, what's the plan, he has to graduate? I get the... I guess it doesn't really matter ultimately. There's, like His business isn't in peril or anything. You know what I mean? Like, if Rodney walks away with no degree, he's going to be fine. Right. It's all about making Jason not a loser, which, like, he's not doing a, a whole lot to accomplish that so far. Way more popular. That's the whole gimmick. I don't feel like he's executing well. <laughs> and also, his kid shouldn't be care if his dad's studying. Yeah, right. Why does his son care if his dad is doing his homework or not? <laughs> his dad, like, does he really want his dad to have like a maybe that's a little side twist. It's like he wants his dad to become more legitimate, you know? Okay, right. Maybe, maybe, maybe not be so sleazy, you know, or something else. Gain that self confidence. Right. Get his, get his little checkered cap and. On podcasts, they often refer to Rodney Dangerfield as being like the best comedian at telling a joke. You know, like a like setup punchline straight up joke. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. He's a one liner also. It's good at those. Yeah, he's the the whole like I'm ugly and get no respect thing. He's good at that. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Polly just assaulting a college student. Oh yes. We got you know, a hilarious uh, bar brawl <laughs> going on. Kill uh, him! <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of wild swings. And... Oh yeah, people people yes. 
Rodney catching a beer out of midair and drinking it. <laughs> this guy just, this person not, this, very, this person being put through the jukebox, very much participating, <laughs> <laughs> very much helping stay um, nice and not fighting it. <laughs> he's, not, he's not moving at all. He's just like, being a perfect <laughs> Just allowing Polly to shove him through a jukebox. Nice. Just be fucking tossed through the jukebox. That's hilarious. Oh, man. I, I wonder how old Rodney Dangerfield is while filming this movie. Yeah. He looks I, a little he looks a little haggard at certain points. Yes, at least 40s. You know, 50? I bet he's edging 50, if not at 50. Right. You know, because I could honestly see, you know... You know, 10, 10, bit, 10 years of hard living. Yeah. Knowing how my body is now. You know, how I was trying to hang up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, you know what I mean? You just get, I kind of get. Right. I live, I live pretty hard for 10 more years. I could look like Rodney Dangerfield, yeah. potentially. Could I be this fish-faced monolith, this guy? <laughs> I mean, my eyes maybe not as bulging, but possibly. Right? And your ears and nose are supposed to keep growing. That's true. So, you know. I don't know. I don't know if this lady's pulling off his hat. It is a real, like, I'm a cool lady in the 80s look. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Oh, very much. (laughs) (laughs) She's at the house. I mean, so does interest. Have they made out or anything? No, she's she's decidedly with the with his foil so far. There's been no no romance between them. Was she helping him study? She's helping. That's classic way. You know how it's Thornton. That's how he gets the ladies. That's the angle. (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta tell you, dude. I'm excited for this author cameo. It's gonna blow your mind. Oh yeah, forget about that. That's pretty awesome. Cameo, I suppose he's probably like a guest professor, or just shows up, I guess, maybe at a party or something. Hmm. Yeah, they're just they're studying together. <laughs> Rough beef, my ex-wife. Burl Ives, man. I don't even I can't like what is it a New York accent that Rodney Dangerfield has? I it's kinda I think it's even more I don't know if this is accurate, but maybe something like like Pittsburgh or something. Yeah, I I can feel that. I almost said Chicago, but Pittsburgh feels more accurate. Yeah, it's like he's over there because it's not very far away from New York City actually. It's a lot of like overlap. I think. <laughs> I guess the Yak guys, they, they kind of have people like this still. He's just an interesting kid, you know, with being older and stuff like that. No, yeah, he's just a. He's, he's kind of like just, a. It is crazy that he even like was headlining a movie at some point, you know? Right. And a few too, right? It's like he's just—he's he's literally this older dude, 
he's known to be unattractive, and then like he has, I guess he has money. You know what I mean? Is the angle? Yeah. But, but not not always. I guess typically, typically though. It seems like he does kind of typically play like the rich guy. I wonder if he yeah. like popped big in Caddyshack, and then kind of led to him getting more roles after that. Right. I don't know, that'd be interesting. And maybe he plays, maybe just because that's the role he wants to play, like it's fun for him. Yeah. Like if you, you know, like if you arrive now and then he's just like, <laughs> this would be wrote the role, that'd be really funny. It's just like he gets to go around and even though it's like an acting thing, it's like, everyone treats him like the, the fucking super cool dude and he gets the chat chick. And, yeah, no, it's just you like, know? you know, I'm like, <laughs> He gets to just like kind of do his comedy bit, but like in a movie, you know. Yeah, you want to do that. I don't know. Some people get really typecast, but some people can only do their thing, so that's fine. It's true. I can't like imagine Rodney Dangerfield like breaking out the acting chops and you know, <laughs> right, like he's in some kind of uh, dramatic like, movie, <laughs> right? Some kind of. It's not even Shakespearean scene, but, you know, like a more serious chop, you know, like you said, like the acting chops, like... <laughs> like <laughs> cancer drama or something. Oh, there, oh, that's, that I can almost see I'll get... as a thing. You could play up kind of a, you could just maybe deadpan his jokes All and, right. like, have the audience be, like, unamused family members of his. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he's like saying this shit, and they're like, "Dad, you're dying. Like, <laughs> you have two weeks to live. Like, please, please stop. Can we <laughs> just connect as people, please? This fucking guy over here giving me shit. Like, fucking, he's whatever talking. This talk guy's got like weird steampunk vibes with his old timey car and his like. Oh, that's a good point. I saw it immediately when you said. He's also like the like, you know. He's got his quadricycle. His quadricycle. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the like down on his luck, not well-to-do college professor. Rich man Thornton Mellon is sweeping in, stealing his girl. Uh, He's know, getting dropped off in a limo. You know, I really empathize with this guy. Yeah, dude. The jilted uh, professor here. It's not his fault. Right. Doesn't have that Dangerfield charm. Who among us does? In uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he might be blessed with superpowers of some sort. <laughs> Dude, they should get Dangerfield. And I think he's dead, but they should CGI him into the MCU. Get the rights to Dangerfield. <laughs> he should play the thing. Dude, the newest. The newest. That's so fucking awesome. <laughs> they, just, they make a big, they do a big announcement meeting. Like, we got the rights to Rodney Dangerfield's <laughs> likeness. They got him on like a, you know, like a little dis- the display thing. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Some kind of placard. He's like, <laughs> right. They like wheel out. Uh, just to... Oh, and then we lost our we lost our correspondent to the south. We're gonna take a quick break here at the fifty-five minute mark, and we will be back in just a moment. And we are back. We're gonna have our 
Southern correspondent Nick Eustace calling in in a few minutes here. Can you be the countdown? Outwit, outlast, outplay, and we are back at 55 seconds on the dot. We've got uh, Rodney here consoling his son. He's in a towel. Another correspondent calling in here in a few moments. His son is now on the diving team, much to Rodney's happiness. Rodney always wanting to party. And it is really, truly hilarious how hung up his son is uh, on the his father's grades. Here we are. It's a bummer that we're missing Nick's live reaction to the Vonnegut reveal. <laughs> so we have we have Kurt Vonnegut showing. I'm trying to get Nick to call back here quick to get his his live reaction to the Kurt Vonnegut. We also have like the this chubby scientist in a lab coat teaching some apes something not totally clear what exactly is going on here this very like frumpy looking professor trying to teach apes to read and write trying to teach him how to spell the word banana of course because this movie is not bursting with creativity Okay, so they're going to have him hang out with some apes for some extended amount of time. <laughs> He's not going to actually monitor them. He's up to some other stuff. Probably calling his lady friend would be my guess. So he's calling his assistant, possibly. <laughs> Oh, damn. The monkey brought him a banana. Did it learn how to spell? All right. Monkey's eating pizza. Popcorn. Talking about taking him off the gold standard. Very interesting. It looks like... Okay, so... We've got Dangerfield. He put his secretary in Marge. Classic 80s actress. Um, recognize her most so from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. The son is... Uh, Really having a hard time not breaking a gasket, lack 
laughing at his father inserting his secretary into his class. Taking notes for Mr. Mellon. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, I mean, is it that big of a deal for Mr. Mellon to have his secretary, whom he pays, sit in and audit his class for him? I guess I could see why the professor would be frustrated with that. So now, of course, he's having Barb take down a personal message for Mr. Mellon, informing him that he's not going to pass the course. Never, ever pass this course. The lady playing Barb is a great actress. I wonder if this is pre or past planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> he's got uh he's got his whole team there doing his homework for him and we're at another ad an ad for verbo which i don't quite know what that is but we're skipping so we're back at the movie at the one hour mark exactly we're at the point where dangerfield is he's got his whole professional business team doing his homework for him Which, uh, you know, Jason sticking the mud that he is is, of course, going to get hung up on plagiarism type stuff, I imagine. Which is hilarious that Dangerfield, I mean, like, I don't, he's only going back to school to hang out with his son and make his son not a loser. Why is he so hung up on getting good grades? Well, he had someone do all of his son's homework as well. Your astronomy report. Astronomy? Jason's taking astronomy in college? It sounds like a waste of money. Our, our southern correspondent seems to have possibly tapped out. I don't know if we're going to get him back on in the final 35 minutes of the movie, but that's okay, listener. Just you and me. Back in school together. He's going to miss the whole Vonnegut content, which... Our Southern correspondent, Nicholas Eustace, Red Man Eustace himself, he uh, he got me into Kurt Vonnegut, so it's a real bummer that he's going to miss that reveal. And all this great Downey Jr. content that we're getting here. <laughs> Looks like father and son have patched things up a little bit. He's approaching Valerie. Valerie, glad you could come. Okay, inviting Valerie to the party that his father is throwing. No, breaking the news that she's got a date to the party. Good move to, you know, just nonchalantly have them both come, Jason. You must feel like such a weirdo, being like, Hey, Valerie, my dad is throwing a party, why don't you come? And we get the first inklings of uh, Jason maybe not loving having his gregarious father when valerie says that she wishes her father was like his he's not quite so into it huh they're starting to paint chad as a jerk a little bit uh jason He's trying to wish Chad, uh, you know, foofy, blonde-haired guy, good luck. And Chad makes the point that you don't need luck, Jason. You've got your father. Which truly, I mean, 
hard to argue against. I mean, if I were Chad, I would also feel like Jason has just bought his way not only onto the team, but probably through life in general. Dangerfield has a very prominent uh, sweat stain in the center of his abdomen here. All right. Hello? Hello. Hey, what's up, bro? Good, good. Got you back here. Uh, I'm at the one hour, three minute mark exactly. Oh, that's fresh. I'm at uh, 127, so I'll dial it in. <laughs> you, got, you almost finished the movie. No, I'm at one minute, three, one hour, three minutes, and 28 seconds. Now, did you see the Vonnegut reveal? I did. So, I should probably hit it now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm at I'm at uh I'm at one three thirty right now exactly. Perfect. I'm at one three thirty six. So okay, we're just a few seconds is all good. Yeah, I think I probably should be right about there now. I do a little pause and pause and play. We got a fe- feathered haired Chad just made his dive and now Dangerfield's talking to the coach. Ah uh, yes, the uh, the guy from uh, Cobra Kai, uh, the karate kid villain. Oh, really? Oh, that's who the the blonde... Oh, dude, that's crazy. Yes. Chad is the Cobra Kai guy, isn't he? Yes. I didn't notice that at all. I noticed this, and I was excited to tell you about it. Don noticed as well. Very exciting. Very much. I was like, oh, great cast of uh, characters. I love when you see someone random kind of in there. You know, you didn't notice before. Totally. I've yet to dig into Cobra Kai, but I'm excited to check it out at some point soon. It's like, dude, I watched the I watched the Karate Kid movie, sure, but I never like got super into him. Right. You know, so. Yeah, that's definitely him. There he is, partying like a caveman here. So, <laughs> partying like I don't know about this dude, like spitting up beer. I don't love. That's <laughs> a weird shot. Not a good, not a cheap, but you know, not a good endorsement of the uh, the uh, lifestyle. You know, shows uh... Crazy that Kurt Vonnegut's in this movie, huh? That was insane. That was amazing. Yeah, I did not expect that. And then I, they started talking about the Larry thing, and then bing, bing. There he is. There he is. Vonnegut himself. This guy, yeah. His, uh, his son works in television. Oh, Vonnegut Jr. Jr.? Yeah, little Jr. Jr. Double Jr. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the one with the same name. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, yeah, he like worked in television. He did some writing for like the Dr. Phil show. That's cool. That's some other stuff. I don't know. But oh, yeah. wait a second. Is this the band Oingo Boingo playing at is this? It? Is, it, is it literally Oingo Boingo? They have like a like neon Oingo Boingo sign behind them. Apparently, this is a real band. And it's Danny Elfman's band. Oh, who is that? Who's that? Who's that dropping that knowledge in the background? That would be Donna. Oh, okay. Uh, Phantom Guest. Phantom Guest. Ghost of the podcast, Donna, dropping the Danny Elfman knowledge about Oingo Boingo. I love it. She's probably alive at the... Did she happen to see this movie in theater? She doesn't want the fame. She doesn't want the fame. Humility. RDJ really doing some some fun face acting in this scene with his lips and then his like gyrating on the floor. Indeed. You know, I think this guy right here, he's doing some lip acting as well. Jason? some of his expression with the dark shades. <laughs> he's really leaning into the, like, I don't know. He's he's sad that Valerie came with someone else, I guess. I don't know. Is that what it is? He's like, 
he's, I don't know, he's acting out. Right, and of course, Dad hasn't been taking a scholastic affair seriously. <laughs> it's hilarious how hung up he is on Dangerfield's, like, college, <laughs> which me, it, it doesn't matter at all. It has no <laughs> consequence whatsoever. It is very important. I don't know about this curly blonde dude. Right. Kind of a hack job there. <laughs> You know, that, that could be us. That's, that could be anybody right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It could, it, oh, yeah, I'm in that scene. We've all been there. <laughs> Come up, say something, throw up. We got the college authorities rolling up, of course. I linger. Linger in the background. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. The college authorities just delivering more beer. I love it. Unexpected twist. You think they're going to bust the party. See, I think you might have missed it. Dangerfield paid them off early on in the movie. Oh, he did? He did. <laughs> he, he accidentally walked in on a lady showering and then paid off a police officer. Now they delivered beer for him. Some of that amusing, um, uh, you know, a crony, sort of uh, the uh, vacuum dealing here. Corruption. Corruption. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> this is uh, just a stunning indictment of privilege. This movie, oh, very much so. Yes, oh. elder white gentleman really flexing his privilege in this. Oh, um, yeah, in this film, frankly. I like how she's the cool professor, she's loving Oingo Boingo being on campus, she loves it. You know, she probably played a role in them um, getting on campus, you would think. Yeah, very possible. Could be. Maybe she's uh, involved in the arts department. She's going to be hurt to find Dangerfield in the jacuzzi with all these books of me ladies, though. (laughs) Yeah, presumably so. It's going to wound her deeply. And I feel like that's, you know... They are too proverbial... uh... (laughs) Maybe you can help me straighten out my long fellow. Classic Dangerfield, really. Right. He heard the name. He knew he could make a joke out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there he is. (laughs) The movie is so silly. That's what I call marine biology. You know, if you just take it, strip it down to the essence of what it is. What is he doing under there? <laughs> he's just ogling them, I guess, right? He's just like looking at them. I don't, I don't think he's doing anything too too intimate. I don't think you know what I mean. I don't think any bikini bottoms are being removed. No, no. I, I'm I'm glad that I glad that we're digging into this for real because, like, truly, he's not. He's like he's not doing anything under under the water that he's not doing above the water, right? They don't want to really take that next step with Thornton Mellon. They're just amused by him. Oh, right, right, right. He can, uh, you know, put his arm around them, all this type of stuff. Yeah. This is the type of guy, this is one of the, uh, kind of the uh, silent victims of the Me Too movement. <laughs> Thornton Mellon. True, <laughs> <laughs> the true yeah. silent vi- Those harmless predators who just want to ogle you. That type, right. The one that keeps his distance, never really 
pushes the boundaries, <laughs> but, still, but still wants to be a classical dance man. He's... Pretty much wants to, uh, you know, objectify the ladies. Yeah, you're a classic dirty old man. He's really, he's gone the way of the wayside because of the Me Too movement. Uh, where has he gone? <laughs> <laughs> this movie is a real send-up to the dirty old man. It really is. <laughs> Jason's finally had enough of his father. Oh, and the confrontation, too. I was... I a lot of things here. I was surprised that he was so on board with his dad being around up until this point. Yeah, and it, it really does speak to his uh, sort of loser role that he would be on board. Which is fun that Chad kind of calls him out on like, oh, you don't need luck, Melon Jr., because your dad buys you everything. And I think just like in the Karate Kid movies, Chad is like the unsung secret underdog. They need to make like a Netflix back-to-school sequel with Chad oh, as the hero. You know, and right, to really honor the uh, the actor there in his new heyday. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, the Cobra Kai, uh, just on the side, it's gotten a little played out for me. I don't know. I enjoy it, but it's become, I don't know, I think it should have stopped ahead. Yeah. It's really trying to embrace, like, this, it's like a universe aspect, like, Seems like they're really trying to like flesh it out, bring back all the people. Right. Back like, we're gonna, like we're gonna work the Asian chickens. <laughs> we're gonna get no, we're getting her. We got her. Like it's like okay. See, I haven't watched uh, any of it, but I've heard some of the inklings, and it sounds like maybe it's like begun to get to that point. But for me, is like because as just a person who like, Cobra, I mean, uh, Craig, it was cool. I really liked the whatever the. The wax on, wax off guy. Oh, sure. You know, he was always a star for me. Definitely. You know, in the references, the memes, whatever. Just as a pop culture, pop culture thing, I was just like always Mr. Mr. Miyagi was always more cool and, to me. And, and I think that I forget the dude's uh, name, but like the guy who played him, like he he got like nominated for some awards for playing Mr. Miyagi. Right. Yeah. So I mean, the Karate Kid, he, he himself was cool, but he was kind of a twerp, you know. I don't know. And then so. I got into Cobra Kai just independent of, like, I was never a big uh, Karate Kid fan. And it seems like, I don't know, maybe that, I think that they're overestimating the number of Karate Kid fans there are. Like, they're, it's like they're acting like it's like this diehard, and there's probably a big cult following, you know, whatever. But. I'm sure, yeah, but, like, I, I, I think it has its ceiling, like you're saying. Yeah, you yeah. see, this dude, this dude in the tie, that's the Dean, this, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the dean who Mellon paid off early in the movie. Oh, this fellow here. You know, he looks like a uh, shout out to Ethan Ralph. This guy looks like freaking Ethan Ralph on the couch here. Dude, have you seen um Vice? Have you seen the movie where Christian Bale plays Dick Cheney? No. I should watch it just you know, for, for the human element. It's a it's a decent movie. That role, what this the guy, the Dean, looks like Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney. Ah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you can dig what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I can dig that. That's fascinating. I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. I just can't commit. Can't. <laughs> Christian Bale. Oh, Christian Bale, classic man. Oh, Christian Bale, that's classic. I just, last night, I didn't make it through. I was tired. I was socked out. Took allergy medicine, you know, on a classic Benadryl. Oh, yeah. 
tried had to fight the dog allergies and uh were you watching I a, on, a bail I movie on, i went on the dark night the one with uh, the heath ledger's joker whatever one that was you know it's been a while i was like holy smokes it came out like a year like the year i freaking graduated high school Dude, it's crazy how old that. It's weird that like, yeah, like Ben Affleck has played Batman multiple times since that movie came out. Yeah, right, dude, right. Yeah, no, it's a really is a. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty old now. Did it, sure. did it hold up? I mean, did it? Uh, you know, I liked. I did really enjoy that beginning scene. I love the beginning scene. Right. Where the mob hit. The school bus and the anonymous Joker mask people. You know, I was like, I thought it was a little cheesier than it was as badass maybe as I remembered it being. Okay. It, was, it was really cool, nicely well done. You know, and then uh, the Joker himself. I don't know. It's a weird. It's, a th- it's interesting because I always had. He does such an amazing job, right? But I always he looks so different. Hmm. He's become the popular culture Joker for a Very, while now. Now with he now now uh, Joaquin Phoenix is, is probably maybe is like neck and neck with that, you know, maybe. Totally. But no, you're but, right. Uh, for like for a long time post Dark Knight, that was like the popular Joker depiction, I feel like. Yeah, and he's so weird. He's such a weird, radically different Joker than all the re- all the Jokers before that. You know, because I was kind of think of the Joker kind of I honestly think of him a lot. Um, as the fucking classic, uh, the Mark Hamill fucking cartoon Joker. No, dude, that, I think that's my that's my touchstone Joker too. Where he's like, he's kind of more of a mix of all the like on screen Joker depictions. Where he's he's kind of a gangster. He's kind of like a chaotic clown dude, and like he's not full on insane, but he's like touches up. You know what I mean? Right. And of course, we did this entire. We did this whole aside just to. You know, to bring back the, uh, you know, <laughs> to reference the Joker nature. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so, truly. Uh, Dangerfield. Yeah, know? dude, he is, he's a Joker. He's hitting, we got our, he's got the study montage going now. He's hitting the books. Oh, and I can, you know, I can imagine Joker doing this. <laughs> the cartoon Joker. Sure. You know, with Harley Quinn there, all of a sudden they got a little fucking, they got the little, they got the books out. Replace, <laughs> replace. Replace Mellon Jr. with Harley Quinn and replace Dangerfield with the Joker. And I mean. No, you got a winner. We got one of the anonymous uh, bad guys, is uh, Polly. Sure, sure. You know, <laughs> Clayface, maybe? What's that? Oh, like a, a random goon, maybe? Yeah, some goon. Some of the goons, you know? Is Dangerfield this just is full great. on with this lady now? Is he I just... would actually really like to pursue, uh, get some technology. Uh, where you do with the, the face swap technology is so insane now. Oh, the deep fakes? You could just just editing this movie <laughs> and just putting like the Joker makeup on Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Jokerfy him, dude. Just Jokerfy Dangerfield for the whole movie. Yeah, hit him with that. You know, get him with that Joker, dude. <laughs> Maybe have that be like he starts out as normal at the beginning, you know? You work some kind of thing into this. I mean, that leads me to the question: If Rodney Dangerfield were to play the Joker, who would be the perfect Batman to his Joker? Oh my God! Right, that's the only question. It's you one know, of I don't know. It's it, it makes no sense. No, it's ridiculous. 
answer, but my heart immediately went um, Richard Simmons. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got Joker Dangerfield versus Richard Simmons Batman? That's a movie for the ages, dude. My heart went there. I, I mean, think it would be a really interesting balance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's fit, he's active. Yeah. You know, Simmons in his prime, that, too. He's got that down. You know, Bruce Wayne always had to kind of lean into his brutality. <laughs> Plus, he can kind of bring, like, the Adam West, like, you know, fighting to, like, some, like, kind of, like, musical beats type energy. Oh, of course. Yes, lots of um, blams and such. <laughs> Shablams. <laughs> Thornton's, like, he's on trial? He's, like, being kicked out of college or something i don't know what quite's going on here yeah he's facing sort of disciplinary action like a uh they do these like a tribunal yeah no that's that's it for sure and of course his nemesis is here all right it's his damn economics teacher yeah the fucking business teacher this part really hits home i remember just really even in economics class man it's like because they have to admit to you in the class that it's all like theoretical stuff. Right, that it's like it's all the Franklin principles and. Did right. you have Mr. Huberty as your high school Fairbow, Minnesota economics teacher? Oh no, I had a woman. My high school economics teacher was a student named Mr. Huberty, who would just constantly—he was kind of like a Rodney Dangerfield character, <laughs> just constantly insulting his own intelligence and talking about how much he loves McDonald's food. I love it. <laughs> You know, great bit. No, as a as an older, as getting older too now, I really respect some of the um, figures that I had in life as a child. Oh. And, you know, just thinking about them, it's like, oh, that's just like a real dude. Oh yeah. Like, but they, it's like, oh, they put on a good face for the people. You know, it's like, oh, that guy's like fucking hilarious. Like what? Like people just take on a whole different uh, different color. You know, especially. Teachers, right? Like these, like these yeah. older people have to like perform to children all day. Specifically, teachers. Yes. I was trying I to describe so. Mr. Felix to Haley the other day. Oh man, no eyebrows. No, what crazy facial hair. Yeah, you know what? When people find us uh, in the future, you know, uh, shout out to Mr. Felix. But um, yeah. yeah, shout out to the Felix family. The Felix family, big shout out to the Felix family, lovely group from uh, everything I've heard. Hashtag Felix family. Hashtag Felix family. Find this... them on Facebook, presumably. <laughs> presumably. <laughs> some, some, some member of them. We got uh, Jason just macking on Cobra Kai's lady and him looking at it, just hurt. Dude, she is smoking. Looks like a smoking like salmon at a fine restaurant. <laughs> she is smoking like salmon at a fine restaurant. Ooh. I don't like to oversell sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I I think they're gonna they're gonna kick Dangerfield out of college here. Yeah, I like that uh, we got quite the group here to sign. I really dude, I appreciate your Sam Tennyson knowledge earlier. It really it rounded out the podcast. You know, I'm going to give a shout out to you too for that. Um, part of it that sparked it off was a little reminder. Um, there's a reference to something that um, your boy, 
Chuck podcast, WTF podcast. Ooh, uh, Mark Marin. Mark Marin, yeah, Mark Marin referenced to something. He was talking some kind of something talking about Sam Kimison, I think. He's kind of a Sam Kimison ter- character himself. He's also prone to the the big, you know, reaction. No, for the gruffness, also right, the the, the edge. Oh, and I because I watched Glow. I watched Glow. Mm, mm. I like Glow. It got canceled. When I say front to back, I mean front to back. I, did you enjoy Glow? I did. Very much. It was great. As a, as a huge fan of the, you know, the 80s wrestling and stuff. It does it pretty well. I And Mark I, Maron's a nice, he's a nice character thrown in there as well. They really did a great job of making fun of themselves. And then towards the later episodes of the second season, I thought they actually like maybe got a they got a little woke. Before I thought they were kind of tongue in cheek with some things. I feel yeah. You know, it's like well, it's like presumably they are woke, but like just uh, that was a little heavy, little heavy handed in the second season a little bit. But it's tough to be like, both woke and then like eighties time period appropriate, you know. But I also found it really amusing, and it didn't like make it didn't make, break the show or anything. I just thought it was kind of. <laughs> It was like this uh, with the, the Asian character. Mm. That's funny. That's, I don't, it's funny that I don't remember her name. Machu Picchu? Is that. We got Dangerfield giving his like his glory Longfellow moment, or he's, he's quoting some, but Dylan Thomas, maybe? I don't know. I love it, dude. Rally his rally. Fuck, maybe he could break out the dramatic chops, dude. Maybe he could do it. You know, he maybe could. <laughs> I can hear him. I can hear I can hear him in the background on, on the call. I love it. Brave! Brave! <laughs> he would do it with uh, how do they do it with the hologram? The 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 Roddy Danger can feel hologram to her. Oh damn, dude. Yeah, dude. He, He's gonna. He, he does that speech. He does some stand-up bits, and then he does a triple Lindy to fucking close it all off. Oh, naturally, the triple Lindy. That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to battleships. Mm. And uh, you know, the, uh, <laughs> I just felt like these freaking these giant jumping boards. They look like battleships. Oh, dude, they do look like battleships. They like they're <laughs> real, like battleship esque. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Hashtag battleship. Shout out to battleships. <laughs> Hashtag battleship. And uh, Hasbro.com. <laughs> you know? I'm looking at, uh, we've done a little bit of gaming at home lately. Ooh. You guys, you guys do any board gaming? I think you're more, more into it than I am, even, probably. We play uh, Ticket to Ride sometimes. I don't know what that is. It's a weird train board game. Do you see that RDJ totally sabotage this dude? That is terrible. Have you ever jumped off a diving board like this? In, like one of these crazy thick concrete slab that don't have any give diving boards? Oh, geez. Uh, maybe once. I don't think I have. I went on a couple that were pretty tall. I've made a couple high jumps in my time as a youth. It's funny how, like, even having done it in the past doesn't make it less scary. No, dude, it's always scary. There's been a couple brief times I was pretty comfortable with it when it wasn't too scary, where I just acted quickly enough, like, seamlessly. Right, you just, like, ride the adrenaline and don't think about it. And you just, it's just all fun. You just make it, like, about the, ooh, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. And you're just kind of like, ah, all the way till the top of the, 
so your back up top of the water, you know. There's a but, pool I go to in the summer times with Haley, the Como pool, and they have a, a fucking uh, zip line. And I saw a woman get horribly injured on that zip line, yeah. and I don't think I'll ever go off a diving board or anything like it, dude. You witnessed? Yeah, I saw her like mess up the back of her head and her spine horribly. Oh god. She like you know, fell off the zip line and hit her head, and then her she hit her head on the diving board, and then her back on the edge of the pool, and was laying in the pool screaming in pain. Lord Almighty! It was terrifying. Yeah, man. No, I, it's so much. It's like I've had a lot of crazy injuries too, and it's like you don't want to. Uh, I don't know. Not anything you want. It makes you squeamish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Especially as you get older. Yeah, I don't know about this jumping off of high things. I've never heard of that. People used to jump off that fucking trestle down by our house, but I was never up for it. I thought about it. I feel like I need something that has the bounce to a classic diving board. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But part of me wants to, I'd like to go skydiving, I guess. Yeah. I feel like it's like a challenge. I feel like it's something that I'm afraid of that I should do, I guess. I, I don't know, man. I don't think I could actually bring myself to do it. So is this guy going to chicken out? Okay. So this is how we get... So Jason, he does... He pulls off his dive. But we've got Cobra Kai dude backing out last minute. And that's going to pose us for Dangerfield to do the triple Mindy. He got some kind of ankle injury? I think he was faking it. He's he's too scared as he climbs the ladder. Oh, but didn't he just already jump? No. uh, So Jason did his jump. But Cobra Kai dude, while climbing the ladder like, got freaked out, and he's backing out last minute. Oh, shit. Interesting. Interesting title of this here. Again, I mean, like, it's funny, this movie has such a weird shape to it, I feel like, with, like, Jason, like, it's not like Jason needs, Jason doesn't win the day, it's all about Dangerfield, like, winning the day. Right. Thornton Mellon. Thornton Mellon. This guy, I feel, I know him from something. I feel like he's played a villain a few times. He's definitely, yeah, dude. He's from the like, uh, the not the coach, but the the judge. Mm. Holy shit! Here he comes. All right. Oh yeah. He's he's running up. He's looking great. You know what he did. Between uh, after he was in comedy, but then he left for a while. He so he like stole he like took a break for like eight years or something. Stole a room signing. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Right. I love like a break from acting to do like a like Daniel Day Lewis like being a cobbler for five years or something. Right. That seems more artistic. Like you know, what I mean? like that seems like more like like a cool kind of quirky thing. Right. The resume thing feels like. It's like similar, but it's not like it's just like, oh yeah, I need to pay my bills. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's like not as like romance. He does like the weird armpit parts before he does his dive. Yeah, he does uh, adjustments here. This is gonna be a majestic moment, dude. Triple Lindy in all its glory. Where's he go to CLU? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Their mascots, the Hooters, they establish. Quite the leap there. Oh, he goes from board to board. Dude, that's so, it's so insane to jump from board to board. 
know, we weren't positive. Uh, the the beautiful stunt stuntman here. We got going. He's jumping like sideways from board to board, in on different, and then he does the double jump on this board. Yes, very much fucking putting the danger in danger field here. Ooh, putting the danger in danger field. You're right, though. Beautiful stunt work. I, I would love to think it's Rodney himself. There we go. He's got his little spinning out of the back there. Triumphant. <laughs> Triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. He got some respect, dude. His boy, oh, finally. His lovely son meets him out of the pool. Being celebrated by one all. I don't think there's any more triumphant of a moment in cinema than Dangerfield pulling off the triple Lindy. Oh, that's, you know, it was a debate for the ages. You know? <laughs> for the ages. <laughs> he got all D's and one A. You know, critics, you know, furiously contest this. You know, you have, you have just a couple different camps. <laughs> <laughs> they they let Dangerfield give the nice. This guy, right here, uh, classic fat Irish guy. Oh yeah, dude. I like how he like this movie's about him buying his way into college, buying his way to getting an A, and then he also gives he gets to give the commencement graduation. Right. <laughs> Just watching and laughing to the movie now. Uh, yes. yes Hilarious. See, he's got. Uh, is that the valedictorian hat? The one with the many, many corners? Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, right. It's got. It's like a. That's <laughs> that's his whole speech. Look at him posing. Freeze frame. The guy looks, you know, I mean, <laughs> I see him as, uh, you know, the troll or something, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, and then it ends on Forestel. Thank you so much. Right. Excellent. What you call? All right. Yes. Well, that is, that's back to school. Quite a. Delightful, Rob. Delightful. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? I did a... I don't think you were on the podcast for this part of it, but do you know the top... This dude... Okay, so 1986. I'm going to give you the top 10 movies of 1986 quick. Okay. Number one, Top Gun. Nice. Where, where do you think Back to School lands in the top 10? Ooh, shit. In the top 10 of 1986? Top 10, 1986. Back to school. It is in the top 10. It's in the top 10. So that's already kind of a surprise. I was shocked. You know, so you're thinking, well... I'm gonna, number one is Top Gun. Number you know, one... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, with no knowledge, no knowledge about this, I'm going to say that's probably maybe with, uh, due to a lack of comedy movies that you... Yeah. If you guys don't have a lot of comedy movies coming out, maybe it's just going to... Number one is Top Gun. Number 10 is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And Back to School falls somewhere in between those two. 
the likes of Ferris and Bueller? It beat out Ferris Bueller. That's insane. Okay, that makes me want to lean into this. I'm going to give that... I'm going to say it dominates. It dominates with Dangerous Field. I'm going to give it a five. You're really close. Number one, Top Gun. Number two, Crocodile Dundee. Number three, <laughs> number three, Platoon. Number four, Karate Kid Part Two. Holy shit! Okay. Number five, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Oh, nice. Number six, Back to School. Oh, six. Number oh. seven, dude, Aliens. Back to School beat Aliens. Nuts. Yeah, I mean, I was a nerd. Eight, Golden Child. Nine, Ruthless People. Ten, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, what is Golden Child? I thought for it might be... Okay, it's a weird Eddie Murphy movie. Oh, I'll tell you what, Donna looks shocked. He was shocked. I didn't know what Golden Child was. Eddie Murphy finds Golden. out that he's the savior of all mankind. Mm, I've seen it, but I'm loosely... I loosely remember it. So uh, stay tuned for uh, when we have Nick and Donna back on the podcast to cover The Golden Child. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on. It was a thank good time. You. We went back to school together. Thanks, thank you so much for having me. It was a, a good time, yeah, all around. Oh yeah, let's all triple Lindy into the afternoon. Oh, we certainly will. All right, take it easy, man. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on the podcast, bro. Adios, muchacho. All right, see you, dude. Bye, Donna.